Breakfast with Angie. Download the listener app and listen anytime. The Southwest's Triple M. Thanks for stopping by for Extra Angie for Breakfast. Woof! We've hit that time of year, my friend, where you're just sort of excited for everything that's coming, but you also look back and realise it's been a huge old year. So uh, don't be giving yourself too much of a hard time if you don't feel like you've got the youthful exuberance that you usually do. (laughs) And if I give you permission, can you please give me permission back? Because I have been destroyed this week. That's of my own doing. There's been so much going on. There's so much more to come as we run down to Christmas. But this week, uh, I've got a very local podcast for you, of course. Fishing update with Holly. Now, Holly is a lad from Bustleton. He, well, he originally from Mora, but he's just like absolute salt of the earth kind of human being. And I take the mick out of him constantly by calling him Bustleton's most famous fisher. And every time I do it, his mates wind him up about it. So if you ever are wandering around Bustleton and you meet Holly, please point at him and be like, oh, it's Bustleton's most famous fisher. Because uh, I'll enjoy that. <laughs> I actually also wind my cousin up in this podcast this week as well. So I caught up with Jo Beth Taylor. Do you remember her from Australia's Funniest Home Video Show? I loved watching that TV show. Lots of awesome family memories watching all the stupid things that we all do. Another thing that the internet ruined. We don't need Australia's Funniest Home Video Show anymore, do we? But Jo Beth Taylor actually went to my high school. So I was really looking forward to talking to her. Uh, She was always somebody that I looked up to from afar. Like, I don't really have heroes or anything like that, but I just thought she was just so friendly and fabulous. And the fact that she went to my school made it feel really, like, close. And she was really good mates with my cousin who lives in Quarimup. So uh, wait till you hear where I drop him in that. I hope you enjoy today's offerings. And as always, we're looking for feedback because this is a uh, this is a growing thing, this old podcast. And I've got to do a big special shout out for Amy, who's doing an internship at Triple M H Q at the moment from RMIT. And she has been an absolute gun, giving me an extra helping hand this week. And she's actually put this podcast together. So bravo. We're going to start with the catch-up I had with Australia's most talked-about woman of the moment. It's a real moment for inclusivity in Australian TV. Don't write it off. If you haven't watched The Bachelorette, just hear her out. She's a West Aussie, so let's get behind Brooke Blurton. It's Triple M at Southwest. It's Angie for breakfast and a woman that will not give up on love, her culture and representing such a wide spectrum of Australian society, the fabulous, the West Australian bachelorette and all bachelorettes, Brooke Blurton. Hello. Hello, Angie. (laughs) (laughs) I just try to give you some energy because I know you're absolutely knackered, mate. (laughs) Yes, thank you. That was a nice little pick me up. <laughs> well, can we can we start off with the fact that you are the most talked about human being around Australia today after what was an incredible launch to the Bachelorette? I don't think there's been this much hype around a season for a long time. Are you feeling that? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed by like how even last night went. <laughs> um, in a good I, way. In a good way. I'm still just processing like. It all. I had all my friends and family around me last night, and it's it's just like so. Yeah, wow. Like I'm I'm exhausted. I'm tired, but I'm also just like 
so amazed and so happy that yeah, this is finally like coming out now. <laughs> did uh, did you have any new friends watching it with you last night? No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Okay, all right. I don't know if that's a giveaway, but um, can we just start? No, no, it's just border closures. <laughs> oh, so that might be a giveaway. <laughs> um, can we start at the very beginning with that absolute like flooring moment where you got out of the limo and walked up to the red carpet to a welcome to country? Um, I think that's probably my most favourite part about the whole show. Um, I said, you know, in my interviews previously that that first, like, five to ten minutes is going to be the fav- my favourite because it kind of sets the standard of the show, right? Like, I, oh, I can't even tell you when I was in that moment, like, looking at the uncles of, of what I call them. <laughs> um it just was like a piece of calm and a bit of serenity and being like, okay, this is my moment. Like, I'm here now. I wrote some notes last night. So we got the crew together here at Triple M HQ and uh, we had a, a batchy screening party, of course. And, oh, um, I think I saw a photo. <laughs> and um, we've, we've got some questions. Um, with the first chick, when you slow danced, was there actually music in real life or was it like silence and <laughs> the music was done in post? Um, <laughs> it, it, it was kind of like no music, but like there was something. Um, I, I was trying to remember if it was the exact same song, but just like really dull. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, never been, I have never, ever been so emotional about a chair in my life. <laughs> oh God, so funny. <laughs> so funny. The love seat. I love that. I mean, I think it was the, one of the most badass Bachelor moments that's ever existed when old mate, we're calling him a cross between Billy Idol, Rob Thomas and Machine Gun Kelly, um, when mm. he got you to go back down the red carpet in your fabulous dress, uh, pulled hunks of wood out and then had you using a screwdriver, screwing in a bloody love seat and making it yourself. I mean, that was too good. Yeah, yeah, like put me to work, you know. He came there with business, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, as long as I'm. It was actually quite um, a funny night, that one. It's, yeah, it was actually really rainy. So when I was walking down the carpet, it was actually sloshing water. Oh, whoa. <laughs> well played, girl. Yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Now, of course, we've already had some lip locking action straight up with Jamie Lee. And there's this whole backstory that Jamie Lee was also on Nick Cummings' The Honey Badger season with you. And there was a bit of a womance happening back then. And you haven't seen her since until red carpet last night. Yeah, we've, yeah, like I sort of said last night, it's been a bit of a sliding door moment with Jamie Lee and I. We've, um, we've never really had or been or have, have had the chance to, explore our sort of connection because one we've also we've been been in relationships previously and two we're sort of in different states so it's kind of been one of those we're not at the same we weren't at the same place at the same time so yeah last night was really nice to actually like yeah well obviously I've, I've done it and I've seen it but um 
yeah, it was nice to kind of like build on that connection. Well, you're very good at this PR game at this stage. You're not giving away anything to me, Brooke. I'm very impressed. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited about this season. You are a bachelorette like we've never had before. Uh, So down to earth, so genuine, so many layers to you. And I can't wait to to learn some more about Brooke Blurton. No, thanks, Angie. Have a good day. Angie for breakfast. The youngest mayor ever to be elected in the city of Bunbury, Jason DeSan Miguel. Hello. Hello, Angie. Thank you very much for having me. Big weekend for you, mate. It has, was a very big weekend. Uh, it has been a very big few days, but uh, very much enjoying it all. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, let us begin by talking about some of the outgoing members of the City of Bunbury Council. Yep. Absolutely. Um, there was only actually two in the end uh, with uh, Todd Brown, who retired, didn't recontest his seat, which is uh, disappointing because he was very, very, he was one of my favourite councillors, Mr. Mr. Brown. Todd, if you're listening. Um, yeah, he was great. Todd was one of the main pushers of the ocean pool thing that started uh, a few years ago. That was one of major uh, Todd's major things. So disappointed to see him go, but he had some uh, some family stuff he wanted to sorted, and um, I'm sure he'll be back in in the local government circles at some stage. Uh, and of course, Gary Gary Brennan retiring as well as mayor. So congratulations to those two. Gary has served the city very well over the last eight years, and you've known him obviously for a, for a portion of that. Um, but both of them, uh, I'm sure, will enjoy their time off away from the public life for a bit. Oh yeah, and. Uh, now you're slipping into those shoes as well with a couple of incoming councillors. A couple of new ones, yes. So obviously replacing those plus myself on, on council, there's, there's three new new faces on council. We have Marina Quain and Ben Andrew and Gabby Gasepa, who are all, Gasepa, who are all, um, <clears throat> all elected. So congratulations very much to those three. Uh, and then, of course, returning councillors in Michelle Steck, uh, Karen Steele and Treslin Smith, who are all returned to council as well. So some new faces, uh, some returning faces, but all in all, uh, yeah, a great council. If you have to describe the team with uh, three words, what will it be? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, three words. That's not really You get many. the big questions yeah. on Triple M Southwest, Mayor. Um, <laughs> yeah, three words. Look, I'm currently been in the process of meeting with all those councillors. So I think I've met uh, four or five of them so far and obviously got teed up to read the mess of them. So looking really forward to making sure I get their ideas. We work really well together um, and you basically we get a bit of unity and going forward. We're not always going to agree. And that's the great thing about uh, this council. It is it is very, very diverse. There's a great range of people. So don't have to agree on things. But uh, as long as we all sort of respect each other, which I, I know is there, um, it'll be good. Well, you know, every politician in Australia has to have a three-word slogan, right? So unity, discussion, and diversity. Okay. <laughs> all right. How about we start with that one? We'll go with that, and uh, I'll work on it. And in two weeks' time when I'm back here, I'll have my three words for you, which um, may or may not include that, but we'll have a look. <laughs> um, it's really quite interesting, uh, people's relationship to local government, because you are somebody that lives in the Southwest, um, has grown up in the Southwest. You got on council because you wanted to stick up for the cricket clubs and uh, get a bit more attention in that area. Um, but what people will say to you online is very different to what people will say to you on air or in real life. Like I said, you know, has anyone got a question for you on one triple three five three? Nada. No one called. But what's been the biggest question for you since you were elected? 
Um, probably when I'm going to get a haircut or when I'm going to have a shave, I would thought so far. I seem to be tagged in a few of those posts, which is good. Um, so yeah, we'll have to look at what we can do that. If that's the, if that's the will of the people, I'll, I'll listen to my community and we'll do that. I might have to arrange something on the show. Maybe Andrew might have to do some kind of a charity gig or something like that. We'll talk about that as we go, but Ooh. look, the overwhelming uh, uh, comments so far have been support, obviously congratulations and uh, as that moved forward, um, uh, uh, the whole campaign was about connecting with the community and working with the community. So um, as we sort of settle in and get stuck into stuff, I'm, I'm really hoping to we can start uh, start catching up with that and start looking at what we want to do and go from there. All right. So you've got uh, a good couple of years of hard work ahead of you. Um, what you know? What's the driving force behind this? Why does a 30-year-old just decide to go, cool, mayor, what a job, I'm going for it? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's. I'm going to say work. It's been a work in progress, but it kind of hasn't hasn't been. Obviously, I've been on council for for a little while now, for for a few years, and deputy for the last four. So, I've sort of been in the system and understand how local government works. And I'm not going anywhere. I love Bunbury. I've, I've as you said, I grew up here, and I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. So, I really want to see where I can contrib- contribute and keep trying to help help around the place. So, looking at things that maybe local government have done the same way for a very long time. Can we look at what things have been done and maybe change them? I know there's some there's some councils all over Australia doing some fantastic things and, and they've got some pretty cool initiatives in. So which what can we bring into here at Bunbury? What can we utilise? We've got some fantastic spaces that are probably underutilised. So uh, I'm really looking forward to talking to the people who know know uh, in the industries and know what they're talking about, getting their advice and seeing how we can uh, implement that here. Fantastic. And what I will say, you know, it's the week after the local government elections for the entire state. Try this. Don't write anything on the internet that you wouldn't say to someone's face. There has been research that is done that proves that we lose our empathy as humans. We don't see the person on the other side of the screen as a human. They are. And they're people that live in your community. So let's uh, let's all try that collectively, shall we? Sounds good. And okay, unless I get some abuse walking down the street now, Angie, then I'll come and blame you. Well, you don't have a glass jaw. <laughs> yeah. If someone wants to have a conversation with you yeah. on the street, you can handle oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm very happy to take any criticisms that are out there and, well, and suggestions. Well, as long as it's uh, constructive and people have an idea, then then let's talk about it and let's see what we can do. And uh, if anyone thinks of a, a worthy cause, why the mayor should uh, get a charity haircut, then we are all ears at Triple M Southwest. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure, Angie. Thanks for having me. It's Angie for breakfast, and I'm really excited to talk to this lady. When was the last time you saw Joe Beth Taylor on your screen? Was it in the 90s? <laughs> oh my god, the nostalgia! Joe Beth Taylor, hello, welcome to Triple M Southwest. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What oh my, an intro. <laughs> oh my god, the happiest memories, like Saturday nights, watching that with the fam. Um, Australia's funniest home video show was just such an icon, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great show to work on. I was very lucky to work on that for five years. Yeah. And um, what I think is really exciting is I'm talking today because you're back on our screens finally uh, with Sunday, Destination WA, showing off the best parts of our state. How good? I know. It's it's awesome. I, I can't wait for the show to start. And we've been having fun filming. We've done a few stories so far. It's just really great to be back home and cruising around WA, showing all the best bits, as you said. So um, have you not been living in WA? You've been over east? Uh, I've been back for about two years, actually just before COVID ah. happened. Luckily, I moved home. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was living in Noosa. My son was born there, so I was living there. Um, 
bringing him up for 16 years. Oh, amazing. Well, it's great yeah. to have you back here. And Thank um, you. Because it's WA, <laughs> because we're yeah. a big country town, um, we will, we, I, I do want to talk about swimming with sharks at Hillary's uh, for Sunday's episode, but I do need to ask you something. Yeah. Is, is it right that you went to Corrine High School? Correct. Yes. And did you go to school with the Sullivan boys? Correct. <laughs> well, you better do a big shout out for Greg the Paver in Quarimup because I know he listens every morning. <laughs> and, uh, Hello, Greggy. <laughs> um, he's my cousin. <laughs> Is he really? Oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> he um, was one of our main crew growing up at school. Oh, really? I think we used to, we used to, don't take this the wrong way, but we used to call him Numhead. <laughs> I think I know exactly why. <laughs> He's probably not going to like that, Marion, very much. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> but it was nummy for short. <laughs> oh, Greg. Joe Beth paid you out on the radio, mate. I can't wait to see how many carton finds this one gets you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, class- classic uh, West Australia scenario. Everyone knows everyone. Must have been Absolutely. quite nice to be in Noosa. <laughs> oh, we've got some good stories, Greg and I. Yeah, not oh. like that, but <laughs> yeah, Noosa was Noosa was gorgeous. And uh, you know, going to school in Kareen, northern suburbs, uh, beach kind of girl. It only makes sense yep. that you're uh, putting West Australia on the TV screens and showcasing Hillary's. Yeah, amazing. I <clears throat> excuse me. I got the phone call to um, ask if I'd like to go swimming with the sharks. So that was, of course, a big yes because you know, I love sharks. And um, and so, yeah, it was fab. We got to um, spend about half an hour in the big tank there with them. That's so cool. I'm I'm a shark girl. I love scuba diving. And uh, I've, never, I've never done that experience at Aqua. What was it like being so close and enclosed? It was actually really amazing. And, you know, I don't really have a fear of sharks. I'm pretty lucky like that. But... Um, it was still quite amazing. They're, they're big. And when you're in there, you know, with them, they're, you know, three times your size or whatever. So plus there's all kinds of other beautiful fish and, and rays. And it was just really an experience that I'll always remember. It was beautiful. Well, thanks for helping me pay out my cousin uh, on the radio this morning. <laughs> Joe Beth, it's so cool to talk to you. I remember you were on the uh, Kareen High School Wall of Fame and um, you're just someone I've quietly looked up to along the way. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you very much. And being a Korean girl, you must be a really hot chick. (laughs) (laughs) See you, mate. Take care, honey. Bye-bye. Angie for breakfast. Triple M. The Italian sausage judging competition. Hot competition, I might add. And, of course, the relatively new edition of the homebrew competition. Now, I caught up with Paul Clark from Australind, who is the aficionado and judge or, the you know, the main head honcho for the homebrew comp to talk about uh, the win. Very high standard this year. Yeah, all the judges commented on how good they were. John, who won it last year, has ended up being the head brewer at the Wild Bull Brewery. So, yep, he was the last year's winner. I need to know about this beer. I'm a glutard, mate. And so it's very sad because I can't drink anyone's beer. Just so I don't get me to judge it. But yours sounds fascinating. I've never heard anything like it. 
Yeah, it's um, it's a sour, but it's uh, it's got fruit in it. It sort of offsets the sour a bit with a bit of sweetness, and yeah, makes it real clean and yeah, easy to drink. Is it mulberry Shiraz? Yes. Yeah. Sour. Yeah, inter- interesting combination, but I gave it a go. Just threw them together and worked out. That's going to be a big challenge to put Bush Shack on tap. Ah, uh, not with me coaching them. Should be all good. <laughs> Have you ever had aspirations to be a professional brewer? Uh, I'd say yeah, definite yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Keen as so. Well, we are talking to the. We are talking to the southwest. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a brewer, I've got a recommendation. For- Good on you, Daniel Jones of Bustleton. You have worked your way into the history books of the homebrew competition this year. And on to the sausage comp. Uh, my mate Pete from Pete's Chop Shop was, of course, there. Here's trouble. Pete, what did you make of the uh, quality of the sausage comp tonight? Oh, very good, Ange. Yeah, some very good entries there this year. Yeah, how did you find it? I think overall the standard has really gone up from last year. I reckon it seemed like there were a few new entries last year and they've had a second year and uh, I reckon the quality's gone right up. Yeah, I reckon the same, Ange. Uh, the, uh, the hot category this year was uh, lacked a bit of heat. The there mild, was more hot in the mild. The mild was uh, packing some punches, wasn't it? Can you tell us a little bit about the tradition of why the Italian sausage for Brunswick and in fact the whole of the southwest is such a thing? Oh, I think it's just like we've said before, when we've done sausage classes at the shop and we've spoken about it before, it just brings families together. You know what I mean? It's that time of the year, middle of winter, you all sit in the shed and it's just a tradition that everyone does, be it making sausages or sauce or making biscuits, just, it's a great time of the year and um, yeah, you, can, you can't get any better than winter. You say it like everyone does it. I did not grow up in a household. I grew up in a beautiful household, but we did not go to the shed and make sausages and biscuits together. Like, this is a unique thing. Oh, well, it's good. Well, it's raw. You know what I mean? You know where your product's coming from. You're teaching your kids. You know, grandparents teach you. So it's it's a good tradition. It's not just Italian people that are doing it. So it's it's, it's everyone's doing it, so it's great. It's not, but who was going to be the winner last night? I've got Michael Partridge from White Rock here, given the lowdown on how this all began. I was president of the Brunswick Agricultural Society, and uh, having grown up in Brunswick, notice how the, uh, the cultural experience of community making sausages and how um, not only the Italians, but the local um, Aussie guys were getting involved in it and everyone was getting involved in it. Um, so it's just part of the uh, Brunswick culture. And the show was a great way to embrace that and, and, and celebrate it. So I was really excited to get the competition going. And we had some seriously quality entries this year. And I can say this because now I'm like a professional. It's my second year in a row. And it's second year in a row for me judging, second year in a row for you winning. Congrats, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's not just me, obviously. Our, our whole family gets involved in the Italian making, um, the sausage making. Um, I even got my young boys who are only 10 and 12. They're on the knives, cutting up meat and mincing up meat as well. They love eating it just as much as us, so they got to learn how to do it so I can pass on um, my wisdom to them and they can, and then the tradition rolls on. So, And I am going to say, in front of you guys, with you guys, you've won this second year in a row. You cre- created this in 2014. I would like to see some more entries next year come from around the southwest because I've actually also done a very informal bit of judging in Manjimup. All the guys in Manji are making Italian sausage as well, so I'd like to see some uh, Manji crew and indeed anybody to rise to the challenge and see if they can take the trophy from the Cherubinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, I know every, uh, it's pretty very popular and everyone makes them now, so yeah, 
bring it on. Yeah, they're welcome to have a crack, but I reckon the locals will knock them off. Oh, there, you've heard it. Gloves down next year. Put it in your calendar. So there you have it. Congratulations, Anthony Cherubino. Second time winner. Angie for breakfast. And I have missed this lady, Simone Springer. We were catching up regularly on Fridays for comedy nonsense, but... uh, it just got all sorts of busy, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's been a very busy time. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're catching up today because you're actually going to be in the southwest tomorrow bringing your hilarious version of comedy to Funky Monkeys, but with a little bit of extra. Yeah, that's right. It's it's actually it's called Grapevine Comedy and it's a wine tasting. So, of course, I'm very fancy and can say very fancy things. <laughs> um, it's it's, we do a quiz and uh, and there's lots of uh, wine facts, uh, which it's just a really fun time. Uh, I, would you like a wine fact? I would like a wine fact. Some might say, why not? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Excellent fun. Uh, so one of them was, uh, I think it was in the late 1800s, no, early 1900s, um, that in France, they came out with wine with a bit of an extra ingredient that was very popular. Uh, they had cocaine wine. Now, Whoa! They, they added co- coca leaves to them. But this is the fun part. Uh, they recommended only two to three glasses a day for adults, but one to two for children. Oh, you know, just everything in moderation in the 1900s. Oh, no, the 1800s, right? <laughs> I think it was nineteen. I should have looked it up before I before I spoke to you. But there, so there's um, you have to come to one of these wine tastings to find out. There's so many. I've learned a lot of really interesting and ridiculous things about alcohol and also wine. <laughs> well, it's fabulous. I'm sorry to say it is sold out, but if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on Simone Springer, who is just becoming a massive name in comedy, not only in a in West Australia, but around the country, well, then do the whole socials thing, follow her along and make sure you get your tickets. Um, the motherhood comedy is also the troupe that you're a part of. And um, I saw that one of your crew left. You're down to three. I know. Yeah, Lucy, if she's no longer doing comedy, she decided uh, to stop performing, which is very sad. Uh, so we've got a we've got a new show. It's just the three of us, but we also have a new show called Parenthood where we have two dads. So we're performing uh, that for Fringe as well next year. So it's it's a whole new dynamic having having guys in a lineup because most of the people that come to the show are mums. So the the dads kind of make fun of themselves as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Simone Springer, thank you for the catch up. We'll catch you tomorrow at Funky Monkeys. Thanks so much. Fishing. A jerk on one end of the line, waiting for a jerk on the other end. What's fighting in the southwest on Triple M? With Holly. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone keeps commenting on that um, and the on the um, billboard at the Albies Hotel there with I've, I've put my name and we'll put his name and then what do you write underneath that? Bustleton's most famous fish show. <laughs> I know, it's right, on the yeah. board at Albies now. It must be true. <laughs> yeah, goals. Uh, yeah, how are you, mate? Good. Sensational, my friend. Um, All right. What's the, what's the plan looking like for the weekend? Am I going swimming? 
I think so, yeah. The weather looks pretty good for the weekend. And then I think there's another front coming through Monday, Tuesday or something. But those peppies are starting to lose their blossoms. So I reckon still another three or four weeks of um, this bad rainy weather. So, wait, wait, wait. But, um, Go back. Explain yeah. to me this pe- peppy blossom theory. It's cold. Well, it's just an old thing from down this way. And, um, yeah, once the... Pop, uh, the peppies blossom, which they've only just started to. Um, there's more rain and wind to come to blow the blossoms off. And then once all the blossoms are blown off, there's no more rain. Ah, we'll so have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, three or four weeks left to go. So, yeah, it works every year. So it's an old um, yeah, thing down here. I actually got a phone call the other day from Kelly. Remember when I took uh, Kelly, uh, Maxine's granddaughter, down to Mealup with 10 or 11 of her 40-year-old friends? Oh, and you were Holly Hefner? Holly Hefner, yeah. She rang me up the other day and said, oh, Holly... The girls had such a great time, and any chance you could, you know, do it again on January the 14th or something. So, oh, I just have to check my schedule, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, pencil that in. I said, I feel like you could see my smile through the phone, I reckon. So. <laughs> All right, well, Dave and I and Cameron went for a dive last week on Saturday. The weather was good. Actually, he was having to be with uh, Dave Friday afternoon. He goes, oh, how about a dive tomorrow? And I thought, oh, I had sprays and stuff on, but you know how what the um, priorities are. So we went diving. Um, we had two tanks, did a tank each just to see if they're there. And then once we know they're there, we'll start taking the dive hooker up there and we'll get stuck into them. But, yeah, no, we ended up getting nine nice craze. Um, the water wasn't too bad. Whales around it. When Dave was in the water, there was whales at the back of the boat, whales oh. up over here. And oh, it was just amazing. And, yeah, we saw a nice feed of craze. We actually found another bit of new ground to which Dave was saying, yeah, once they are in it, probably three or four weeks, guys, um, yeah, they should be all loaded in there. So, um, But also, though, guys, when we were driving back, like we did last year too, remember that down those boats in there with no flags up. There were so many boats with uh, no flags. So you have to have flying past. You yeah, have flag. to have a flag up to say that there's divers yep. in the water because yep. you're a peanut if you don't. Yeah. We even or Dave as we were driving along past this other boat who had no flag and Dave's holding up the flag, you know, like this and the guy was virtually give, flicking us the bird, you know, telling us to bugger off. Well hey mm. mate, you get run over, it's not our fault. So But anyway, so yeah, a few crazy around but we still think maybe this moon, they might have walked in through now. So, um, yeah, guys, if you're into the cray diving, get up into them. Um, the only thing is, too, there was a few pots up there, and we know for a fact, for some reason, they don't pot up at Peppy. We're thinking maybe because they're just coming in to shed their shell, they're not really interested in anything. They come in, shed their skin, and then take straight off. So that's why they just don't go into pots. We One year there, we tried um, every different scenario, every different cray pot, never got a cray all year. So, so yeah, but you go up to Str- uh, Strathen, you'll get them, and go down near the Cape, you'll get them. So there's just something about that. But I think that's probably what it is, where they come in, shed their skin, and then take off. And the Bustle and Jetty, my mate from a make, it's been getting out there through the week. He's been getting whiting, squid, crabs, herring, you know, like such an awesome spot there. And there's a great view. If you look back into town or down towards the Cape there at night time, it's all lit up. looks freaking amazing. So, And there was also a whiting comp last weekend. I was trying to find out who won or what was the biggest King Georgie or whatever, but um, no one got back to me. Crabs are still through the bay, um, still patchy, but the guys are getting a feed and they're still saying a lot of them are just undersized, so that's all really good. Um, and the whales, like I said, are everywhere. Talking to Zipper again, he said, yep, yeah, guys, get in there if you haven't seen them and um, get on board his boat. I um, actually went to a uh, couplers in Malaga um, chasing some stuff for my hooker um, because I rang a few of the dogs. Can we just boxes. confirm that a hooker is uh, a device <laughs> yes. that you sit on your boat that pumps oxygen <laughs> in and it's like, uh, it's like snorkeling with a giant 100 metre hose? Metre snorkel, yeah, just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but uh, no one in Bunbury would want to deal with them. They said as soon as you say hooker, they just say nut, but they're all into the tanks and stuff. Just I think because it's those um, hot, you know, the, the real high pressure fittings and stuff, they don't want to be responsible if they burst underwater, I guess. Yeah. But I um, mean, you got over to them. And it was all ran by girls up there, too. It was really good. So they'll be getting my business back up there again. That was in Malaga, guys. Um, couplers. And the weekend weather. Saturday, easterly nine knots in the morning. This is just in the bay. And then dropping right off northerly three knots and then swinging southerly nine knots in the Arvo. 
Sunday is nor'easterly seven knots, swinging nor'westerly lunchtime six knots, and then uh, sea breeze nine knots on the way home. Um, so tight lines, guys. My favourite event at the Collie Motorplex, and that is Budget Extreme Endurance Racing, and the man behind the name is Ian. Hello, my friend. Morning, morning. How are you? How did you recover after your excitement on Friday? Oh, well, I didn't get a chance to even think about it. I went straight from the motorplex to an awards night, and it's been a big weekend. But you were at Collie all weekend with this fabulous event. i got to tell you, Ian, the first thing I noticed this year is driving into the motorplex was like, it was like double the population in there. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. Uh, to see all the pit bays full, um, we've doubled or over doubled the cars that we've ever really had. Um, plus we had drifters and burnouts and there was just cars and carnage everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got there about 11 o'clock and there was already someone's car that was off the track with a full engine disaster. In fact, I believe they rebuilt an entire engine on Friday night. Um, Well, actually there was three engine swaps, I think, for the whole event, which is (laughs) absolutely hectic. (laughs) So um, that team that you possibly might have seen, which was that kind of brownie-looking Celica. Yeah. um, they they won the award for you know getting it back back up and running again. So we gave them a, an award from that, which came from the Miss Kitty team. They donated that award. So um, no, it was great. Great to see that people were not just giving up. They a couple of teams actually went to Perth and did an engine change out on the Friday and came back for the Saturday. It was commitment <laughs> commitment over committing nearly. <laughs> We need more Southwest mechanic represent, I think. There's a lot of Perth teams coming down for this, and I really think we need to start showing uh, what we've got here in the Southwest. Plus, if we had to do a rebuild, you don't have so far to drive for the tools. Yeah, 100%. Like we, we, I think we've had two Bunbury teams in this one, which has been great. Um, it's great to get a few more, hopefully for April. Um, and as you say, yeah, if we have a bit more uh, mechanical support down that side, it would be very appreciated, yeah. I think, by a lot of teams. Um, so we've got the next Budget Extreme Endurance Racing event in April. So if you think about it now, this is the perfect time to find your car, get your team together, start putting in your safety gear. And what are the requirements for entering beer, just so we can know? Have a bit of a... So it's slightly changed because with the, the madness of the car market at the moment, in the second-hand market particularly, you can't really buy anything for $2,000, which is what our budget is set at. Um, to initially buy the actual car, so we're kind of being a bit more flexible because we understand that it's very, very hard to buy. Back in the old, back in Lemons days when it was a thousand dollars, there's no way you can get anything half decent for a thousand dollars anymore, unfortunately. So we're we're being flexible with it to a point where uh, we want to try and get more people racing. So we're not going to be hammering them because they've had to spend more because we know it's so expensive to buy a budget racer at the moment. Yeah. A couple of teams this year have gone out and bought, you know, Mitsubishi Lancer, which you used to be, used to have drove driven. Um, they came. They did it. They won the award because they literally just got a Lancer. They drove it to. The, they drove it from Park to Collie and they raced it for the weekend. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, they. I think they ended up towing it back. But it, they you know this kind of thing uh, where it was a stock standard Lancer. They put a roll cage in it. They put in all the safety gear and got racing. And then they were great. They were they brilliant. They knew exactly what the the aim of the event was. It was endurance. You know, it wasn't high powered. It was just a stock standard Lancer, and they did very well. You know. Awesome. Now, something else that I need to broach with you is uh, after my stint driving, which is actually your car, uh, the WRX, um, 
I believe that uh, I was in trouble from your pit crew team because uh, we used far too many brakes far too quickly. <laughs> oh, yes. I did hear about that, actually. I had forgotten that. Thanks for reminding me. Yes. <laughs> and then our car didn't even cross the finish line. Didn't cross the finish line. So we got the brake uh, issue sorted, which is... Kind of, with a, a high, more high-powered car, you, you can't really drive it as you drive it uh, every lap. you got to, for an endurance race, you got to kind of pull back and just kind of uh, count up the laps and then have every, a fast one every five, maybe. But um, we got over the brake issue, and then I think we had a failure in a water pump, which caused the engine to overheat so much that it nearly seized. <laughs> then we were we were out of the out of the race then on the second day, about halfway through the second day, unfortunately. Um, so that's going to be back at the shop this week to get that engine pulled out and see what kind of damage we've done. And um, six months goes quick, so we're not going to delay. We're going to try and get the car back running, so we know that we're we're back running for April. You know, so. It's just all-round chaotic fabulousness. If you want to get involved, Budget Extreme Endurance Racing, find them on the socials, talk to Ian about your car. Uh, Mate, thank you so much for having Triple M as part of it once again. No problem. I look forward to seeing you again in, in April. Angie for breakfast. Triple M. Tool of the week. You're a complete tool. You do sound like kind of a tool. Wrapping up today, we've given away six $100 hardware vouchers thanks to Simpro. Trade up with Simpro, Australia's leading job management software. If you haven't checked them out, maybe you should. But I very much enjoyed the nominations that have come through. It's given me many a chuckle. But I have to say, we're definitely ending on a high. Congratulations, congratulations, Neil, from that up for your excellent and worthy nomination. One of your very own. Yeah. Um, when she was in Collie and she was looking in the window and she said she thought someone was sitting in there with something funny American. That's got to be a tool of the week, doesn't it? I'm so glad that you picked up on that and have brought that beautiful moment back to our attention so we can relive the magic that was Ali mistaking a mannequin at Crankin Cycles for a person. Yep, that's it. (laughs) What a way to finish. Good on you, Neil. You scored yourself a $100 hardware voucher. I think we're going to have some pretty beautiful weather over the weekend, so... Hopefully you're able to put that to good use. I know you work at the mill, so I dare say uh, you probably don't need to buy any wood, right? (laughs) All right, that wraps up Tool of the Week. Thank you for all your nominations. It's been a bit of fun and a big special thank you to Peter and Bunbury, who has guided us through this Tool nominating process. And uh, I guess we'll be going back to Buffhead of the Week Awards. And uh, there's no prize, but you can always nominate a Buffhead whenever you like. Angie for breakfast. Triple M. Ta-da! Thanks so much for stopping by. Big shout out to Amy again, who is our intern for the next three weeks, who put the podcast together. She's got skills, don't you reckon? Made it sound better than I bloody do. But uh, all jokes aside, thank you very much, Amy. And thank you. Also, if you ever want to pass on any feedback or something that uh, maybe is on the radio show that's not on the podcast or something that you would definitely like to see extra included or perhaps I'm not speaking to somebody that you think I should be speaking to, you know, this is a two-way street. It really is. This is the Southwest's Triple M. This is the Angie for Breakfast podcast, but I always think of it in my head as Angie and friends. You know what I mean? No one wants to just listen to me talk for forever. So if you've got someone cool in your life that deserves 
a bit of a shout out. Well, you know where I am. You can find me on the socials. And if you enjoy this podcast, do us a favour, would you? Recommend me to somebody else for a bit of listening and upload time and that it would be really helpful. So thanks so much. And in the wise words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. And from me, be excellent to each other and yourself. Breakfast with Angie. Download the listener app and listen anytime. The Southwest Triple M.